Welcome back. I've been meaning to make this video for a while, video, podcast, whatever you want to call it, but Nets offseason reactions. So I, I think I talked to you guys the day Joe Harris got traded and the day Cam Johnson signed the extension, which feels like a year ago at this point, but a lot of stuff's happened since then. Let's just go through the rundown. Patty Mills traded for a second round pick, more of a salary dump. The Mills trade saves about $7 million. Joe Harris was $19 million, so they saved about $26 million right there. That money is most likely going towards the Cam Johnson extension, which, you know, it's all right. There was no reason to have Patty Mills or Joe Harris on this team. You lose a lot of shooting there, but oh well. I don't really, I'm not going to miss those guys too much. Lonnie Walker signed for a one-year $2.3 million. Dennis Smith Jr. was like their first signing, one-year $2 million. Darius Baisley was a bit later in the process of one year, probably a minimum deal. I didn't see the money, but I would have to imagine. They picked up the team option on Royce O'Neal, no surprise. They did decline Edmund Sumner's options. So Edmund Sumner's a free agent, that kind of sucks. Um, there was something missing there with him. I don't know what it was. I liked Ed as a player, definitely a lot of great hustle, good energy plays, downhill player, and got to the line a lot. But I don't know, they just weren't really a big fan of his, I guess. For some reason, they just continued to not play him in situations where you thought, hey, they can really use some energy and some spark right now. Just didn't happen. So anyway, what else happened recently? They said they signed that guy from Marist. I'm not really too excited about it. He's like a 6'10", 6'11", big, stretch big. I have no idea what to expect. We'll see if he makes the team or not. Summer League did happen. Jalen Wilson was impressive. He definitely, assuming that like there's an opening at the forward spot, small forward specifically, we should see some Jalen Wilson minutes. Noah Clowney... Up and down, to put it nicely. I mean, we saw the smooth stroke. He made some three-pointers, but definitely looked lost at times. I didn't sit down and watch every minute of preseason, or not pre-summer league, but, you know, from what I saw, Noah Clowney just did not look that great. I believe he got benched in the last game as well. He usually was a starter, but did not start the second half, so... They weren't too impressed uh, as a coaching staff either. But yeah, Jalen Wilson impressed. A lot of physicality. That's what you saw at Kansas. That was no surprise. But yeah, Clowney was just inconsistent overall. Looked too lost at times. He'll probably be in the G League at most points. Um, for Whitehead, I mean, does he, you know, come back halfway through the season? Derek Whitehead? I think at one point, I think Nets Daily said Isaiah Whitehead. I was so thrown off. I was like, wait, we signed Isaiah Whitehead again? But no, it was Derek Whitehead, of course. But anyway, yeah, so hopefully Derek Whitehead can come back at some point this year. They're not going to rush it, obviously. There's no point. Kid's 19 years old. The Nets are not playing for a, you know, a title this year, unfortunately, so they can take their time there. Um, but yeah, Jalen Wilson, impressive in the summer league. So we'll go over Lonnie Walker. 6'4", 204, averaged 11 points per game last year on a 44% shooting, 36% from three. Huge contributions in round two versus the Warriors, of course. He had about maybe four games over double digits. He had the one game, I think game four, game five, whatever it was. He pretty much single-handedly beat the Warriors in that third or fourth quarter. He's still just 24 years old. And that's really been a theme of this offseason for Brooklyn, just finding young guys, getting way more athletic, guys with upside. Kind of reminds me of Sean Marks back in the day when he first came here, just finding these guys that other teams gave up on or guys that couldn't find their footing elsewhere. Guys like Spencer Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, guys he would pick up from other places and bring them to Brooklyn, they would find their role. So maybe this is one of those guys. There's a couple other guys on this list that could be in the same boat. Um, he's a better athlete than I thought. I mean, Lonnie Walker had some really thunderous dunks at some point, so that was good to see. Um, he's just one of those guys that can pop off. He can 
come in off the bench and kind of win you a game at some points. He'll have those nights where he'll randomly drop 18 points, 22 points, and shoot efficiently. Um, he's really not afraid to shoot off the uh, you know off the pass. So he's one of those guys that like you can close out on him all you want, but if he thinks he can make the shot, he's taking it. I saw that a lot as well. Um, he had 22 games last year over 15 points. So that's pretty important. You have a guy, once again, that can just pop off and give you some offense when you need it. The Nets do have that in Cam Thomas as well, but they don't love playing Cam Thomas, as we know. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. We'll talk about Cam in a bit. Um, he loves the push and transition. I've seen him take, you know, shots off the dribble and transition. Like he is just comfortable with the ball in his hands. Definitely. I do like seeing that um, comfortable on catch and shoot threes once again. So he'll definitely have a role. I mean, he'll probably play 15, 20 minutes a night. He probably won't be the first guy off the bench, I would think, especially if Ben Simmons is back healthy and they do, in fact, keep Spencer Dinwiddie. I would think Dinwiddie in that case would be the first guy off the bench, but Lonnie Walker should be, you know, the seventh, eighth guy. He'll definitely be playing a lot, hopefully. Dennis Smith Jr., I believe, once again, was their first actual free agent signing, if you don't include um, Cam Johnson. Ninth overall pick in 2017, played for Dallas, the Knicks, Charlotte, Portland, and Detroit. Wow, so he's been to like five teams already, which is pretty insane. 25 years old, had a bit of a bounce back last year, showed flashes uh, showed flashes of some really great perimeter defense, plays the passing lanes very well, anticipates very well, 1.4 steals per game. Not a shooter. That's kind of the problem here and why his career has not progressed. 29% career from three. That, of course, he would love to be in like the mid-30s. I do think he had a decent three-point shooting year at one point in his career, but that was like a few years ago, so I'm not counting on that. A ridiculous athlete, probably the best dunker on the team. I just talked about Lonnie Walker and his dunks. Um, we saw some Dorian Finney-Smith dunks last year that were very impressive, but I would think for sure Dennis Smith Jr. is the most exciting dunker on this team. There's no doubt about it. He averaged almost five assists per game last year. That's pretty underrated in his game is a guy who can facilitate and run the point. The Nets don't have too many guys that can run the point. So having a guy like Dennis Smith Jr. back there who will be behind a Ben Simmons or a Spencer Dinwiddie, having that third guy is going to help a lot. And hopefully we don't have to see Royce O'Neal play point guard like we saw in the playoffs at some points, which is just not how you're supposed to run on offense, obviously. Um, but he can take guys off the dribble. Backdoor cuts, slasher, he wants to get to the rim, wants to layups, wants to dunk on you. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. is exciting. I, I'm really excited for him. I do think he'll play a good amount. Um, probably won't start, of course, but another guy off the bench who, you know, we'll see like who he's behind in the rotation. It depends how good Ben Simmons looks. It depends how good Dinwiddie looks. And if he stays here, I'll talk about that later as well. But Dennis Smith Jr., the Nets seemed all in on him. They wanted him. They got him. I'm assuming they have a role for him. So he'll probably get some early season minutes, and we'll see how that plays out. Darius Baisley, 6'8", 208, big wingspan. He's lanky, 23rd overall pick in 2019, just turned 23 years old, so still pretty young. Um, lots of upside on both ends. Can handle the ball to some degree. He's definitely not like a Ben Simmons type ball handler, but I would say more of like a Nick Claxton where if you see Claxton with the ball sometimes, he'll make some plays, you know, with the ball in his hands. We saw Claxton in transition last year would just push the ball randomly, get himself an easy dunk. Um, Basley can do things like that, so that's good to see. Um, somewhat of a jumper, but definitely inconsistent. Um, he's not afraid to take a three-point shot if he's allowed to. I'm sure the Nets coaches will give him the green light at some points, but... 
definitely not consistent. So that's the bad part. He can finish at the rim pretty well. So, you know, definitely not like an elite finisher, but he can. Switchable defender. That's probably what they like here. They see like a Nick Claxton sort of build. Obviously not as big as Claxton, but a guy who can switch one through five. Shot blocker, obviously. The Nets may play him at small ball five. They love that stuff. The, the Nets are very, very stubborn about not having a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a traditional center. They don't want that, of course. The Nets have been one of the worst rebounding teams in the league the past few years. Sean Marks does not care. So if you see Darius Baisley play at the five at some points, would not shock me at all. So what are you hoping for? I mean, can he be like a poor man's Claxton right away, but smaller? I mean, maybe his game's a bit different. I think he's a bit better off the dribble, but we'll see what happens with Darius Baisley and what kind of minutes he gets. But it's another guy who, you know, veteran minimum deal, probably just take a shot, 23 years old, see what happens. It can't hurt. Um, the Dame Lillard and Tyler Hero stuff. So reports keep saying that Dame only wants to play for Miami. The hope of Dame Lillard coming to the Nets is pretty much dead. I don't see it happening at all. Um, I guess crazier things have happened, but it seems like Miami are nothing at this point. Miami still needs a third team to dump that Tyler Hero contract to. Now, I did see that there is a way Miami could keep Tyler Hero and trade for Damian Lillard. It would be like one of those crazy trades that would have like Caleb Martin and have Kyle Lowry and a bunch of different guys. So there's a way around it, but it seems like Tyler Hero is going to be included. But Portland does not seem interested in Tyler Hero. So will they find a third team to dump Tyler Hero too? Not dump, like whatever team trades for Hero is going to give up something. And if that team is hypothetically the Brooklyn Nets, would you trade a Spencer Dinwiddie and that Suns 2025 first round pick, which I'm assuming will not be a high pick. The Suns will probably be good in 2025, two years from now. So would you trade Dinwiddie and a 2025 first from the Suns for Tyler Hero? I would personally. I like Tyler Hero more than Spencer Dinwiddie. He's seven years younger, still 23, has more upside in my opinion. He fits more of what the Nets need. I know the Nets need a ball handler, a guy that can run the offense, but the Nets also need scoring. If they're not going to play Cam Thomas once again, having a guy like Tyler Hero who's been in big games, been in big playoff games, it can't hurt. I mean, I like Tyler Hero a lot. I mean, I was never like a big fan of his game in the past, but once I like really went back and like researched him, once these rumors started, I'm like, I can really talk myself into Tyler Hero. He's going to have his deficiencies, obviously, but like still, I think it's worth taking a shot on. This team wants to get younger and athletic. Um, maybe he's not more athletic than Dinwiddie, but definitely younger by seven years. Once again, Dinwiddie's 30, Hero's 23. You get a lot younger. He fits the timeline more. I would like that move if the Nets can pull it off, but we'll find out what happens there. Hero is on the first year of a four-year, $120 million contract. It's not the best contract, but I have seen worse. I don't think it's going to be like one of those contracts that a team's going to hate. So if the Nets were to pull that off, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. There was a quote recently about, it's actually just dropped tonight, actually, Ben Simmons. So Mark Spears on ESPN, I think it was, he went on to say, I talked to somebody close to Ben Simmons. They would say, I would say he's in the final stage of prep for the season and he passed every benchmark and is as healthy as he's ever been since his last year in Philly. So you see the Ben Simmons workout videos, you see you know the Ben Simmons mouthpieces out there saying the right things. Listen, I hope Ben Simmons come back comes back and looks great. I am not going to believe it until I see it. 
All right, like we saw a stretch last year for about five, six, seven games late November, early December, where Ben Simmons actually looked pretty good. He had that one game versus the Grizzlies with 22 points and like eight rebounds and nine assists or whatever. He still has it in him, but can he do that consistently and can he stay healthy is the big thing. Does he have his confidence? Is his mental health right? A lot of things with Ben Simmons in the way. So obviously, I don't mean to be pessimistic, but I have to see it to believe it. If he comes out in preseason even and looks great, I might start the buy-in right there. But until I see it on the court, I don't care what people say. I don't care what people that know Ben Simmons or his friends, his agents, I don't care what they say. I have to see it with my own eyes to believe it. But Ben Simmons, it seems like he's staying here, which ultimately I think is the right move. I think once they moved on from Katie and Kyrie and the title window was closed, it made the most sense to just hang on to Ben Simmons. Now, if they kept Katie and Kyrie and they were playing for a title last year, I would have said just unload Ben Simmons for anything. But since those guys are gone and you now have more of a, you know, playing for the future type window, keep Ben Simmons. The guy just turned 27, I believe. I think he's a bit younger than me. So 27. Um, so yeah, Ben Simmons will be here most likely next year. I'm still excited for it. I, I hope that something happens. We've seen it before. They're saying all the right things. The workout videos look good. But once again, I have to see it to believe it. Um, what else did I want to get to? Cam Thomas. I mean, there were some quotes about Cam Thomas on the Paul George uh, podcast. Mikel Bridges was on there. And they were all saying some very good things about Cam Thomas, how the guy dropped like 50 or I think it was 47 against the Clippers last year. And Paul George was talking about it. Mikel Bridges was talking about it. And Mikel Bridges was facing Cam Thomas as a member of the Suns. That was that weird game where Kevin Durant was on the bench in street clothes. And that was actually his last time making an appearance as a Brooklyn Net. And Cam Thomas was out there. Kyrie had been traded already, I believe. And Cam Thomas scored 40-something against the Suns. And Mikel Bridges was against him during that game. So like these guys have seen it firsthand as opponents. Like Mikel Bridges is obviously now a teammate of Cam Thomas. But even as an opponent back in that game in February... I mean, they've all seen how good Cam Thomas is. And, like, there was even quotes in there about how hard he works in practice. I think it was Mikel Bridges. Yeah, it had to be Mikel, who was talking about how during that game, the Suns and Nets game in uh, February, how he was saying, yeah, Cam Thomas made some nice, like, fadeaway shots, but guys get lucky, blah, blah, blah. But once he became a Brooklyn Net, Mikel Bridges, he said, wow, this guy actually really works on these shots and, like, like, this is not luck. Like, that's a real thing. Cam Thomas actually works at making those shots, those weird fadeaway shots, shooting across his body. He puts all the work in. So I, I think, you know, maybe he's just saying all the right things because that's his teammate right now. But, you know, when Paul George and Mikel Bridges, two really good NBA players, are, you know, talking you up like that, I mean, that's a nice thing to hear, obviously. So if the Nets were to get Tyler Hero... It does kind of cancel out what Cam Thomas would do for this team. But assuming the roster stays the same, which I think some people have said and speculated already, if the roster stays the same, I do think Cam Thomas deserves a shot. But does he get minutes over guys like the free agent signings, Lonnie Walker, Dennis Smith Jr.? Does he get minutes over Dinwiddie? I don't think so. So you got to find ways to get minutes for these guys, and I don't know how to get Cam Thomas in the rotation. Um... Does Cam Thomas, do they like him more at point guard? Do they like him more at shooting guard? I would assume shooting guard. So I I do believe we saw some minutes of Ben Simmons and Cam Thomas last year, and I do believe it went well. The, the thing with Cam Thomas is, like, he's obviously really good on offense, but the problem is trying to hide him on defense. If you played Cam Thomas 
with a a versatile defensive lineup like a Ben Simmons, Mikael Bridges, Nick Claxton, if you played him with those three guys, you can kind of just disguise Cam Thomas on defense and just hide him there and hopefully things will work out. So I think there are specific lineups where you can play Cam Thomas and it won't kill you on defense. Like that's why he was not playing in that Sixers series. Like he played for a bit in the Sixers series and he was getting really lost on off-ball defense. His on-ball defense wasn't that bad, but the off-ball defense navigating through screens and switches that stuff was really bad for Cam Thomas I gotta put it bluntly it was pretty rough to watch so that's why he wasn't playing now I didn't want to play him because they had nothing to lose but you know in Jock Vaughn's defense there was a reason why Cam Thomas was not playing much in that Sixers series so if Cam gets better on defense if they can find ways to get him minutes maybe it works out but I just don't want his talent to go to waste if they don't plan on playing him you know, I'd rather just trade him. I mean, I, I'm assuming the trade market for him is not like amazing. I think he probably would have been traded by now, but I just hope he gets a shot. I, I just want to see it because the guy obviously has talent. There are things to fix defensively, as I just said, but there is enough talent there to be like, hey, this kid's really good. Like not many guys in this league can score back to back to back 40 point games, almost 50 in one of those. He scored 40 something in the last game versus Philly until they double teamed him at the end. So yeah, I just hope he gets some minutes and gets to prove what he is, whether it's as a Brooklyn net or somewhere else, but we'll find out what happens. But anyway, that'll pretty much do it. We'll find out what happens with the Dane Lillard trade. Will there be a James Harden trade? There's still some other dominoes that have to fall here. The offseason's not completely over yet. But once again, this might be the Nets' full team. I did want to talk about the 37.5 over-under win total. I think it was um, I think it was FanDuel that put that out. I have it here in the graphic. Why the hell did I just read it? Yeah, FanDuel. <laughs> um, Brooklyn Nets cast said yes, it was FanDuel. Um, don't love it, but I can't hate it either. I'm a pretty realistic fan for the most part, so... I don't look at that and say, oh, how could you put them at 37 and a half? Like, I think the Nets are a bit over that. Like, I would think they're more of like a 39 to 42 win team. But I can't hate it. You know, it is what it is. I, I can see this team having a lot of offensive struggles, obviously. There's there's more of a – there's a lot more defensive-minded guys on this team now. So it's not going to shock me if the Nets lose a lot of games this year, like 92 to 88 or something like that. Like, they have a lack of scoring. Which is funny because just a couple years ago, we had the most potent offense in the entire league, but it just shows how quickly things have changed here with the Brooklyn Nets. So anyway, um, I'm a bit over 37.5, but not by a whole lot. Um, But yeah, it is what it is. Anyway, that's going to do it for the video. Hope you guys enjoyed. Um, I do like the offseason for the most part. Uh, I'm not really big on giving out grades, but you know, there's some low-risk, high-reward moves in there. You got rid of some guys that were on the books that had no purpose on this team anymore and Joe Harris and Patty Mills. And that was good to see because, of course, with Sean Marks, it's like, hey, like he has his guys. His guys are Patty Mills. His guys are Joe Harris. And to get rid of those guys for the better of the basketball team, that's good to see. So at least Sean Marks has his best interests in winning in mind. I do like that. So that's good to see. But, yeah, that'll do it. Good offseason for the most part. We'll find out what happens with the uh, – potential Tyler Hero trade. I hope it happens, of course, but we'll see. Hope you guys enjoyed the video, and I'll talk to you guys next time.